Father, we honor your name once again. Glory, praise, majesty, dominion be ascribed unto you. You deserve our praise, you deserve glory, you deserve honor this morning. I rejoice in you. My heart rejoices in you. Yes, I celebrate who you are this morning. Once again, you have awakened us, awakened me to see the light of a brand new day. Wonderful is your name. Glorious is your name. Majestic is your name. Powerful is your name. I worship you, Lord, this morning. From the rising of the sun until the setting of the same, let your name be hallowed. Thank you, Father. Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, King of glory. You are worthy of our praises. You are worthy of glory. You are worthy of honor. I rejoice in you. Oh, hallelujah. I rejoice in you, Yahweh. I celebrate you this morning. Be lifted high. Be exalted. Be magnified. Be glorified. Wonderful. Friends, once again, welcome this morning to the Potter's Gate online broadcast. It's a privilege and a great honor to share this moment with you. And of course, it's a privilege to also be a spokesman, a spokes voice for heaven this morning. To bring heaven's prophetic intention to your doorstep wherever you are maybe to your living room wherever you are amen this afternoon at your end evening or morning in this part of the world it's an honor to share this morning with you let me share this scripture as we begin our broadcast this morning as you know we always look at the scripture isaiah 50 verse 4 says the sovereign lord has given to me a well instructed tongue to know the words that sustains the weary he awakens me morning by morning awakens my ears to listen like one that is being instructed the sovereign lord has opened my ears and i've not been rebellious i pray that this morning that this word will be that which your heart will embrace that which you will really yearn and long for that this instruction will be what will guide your path and my path even as we come before the Lord and listen to his voice and hear his heart know his mind and of course respond in accordance to his intention but in the midst of all of these that our God is really you know bringing into our lives into our space you know we are picking signals and frequency of what heaven will require of us even in this uh, uh, season and time and i'm hoping that we'll continue to unpack this you know uh, you know values of course they are values the word of god amen are designed to establish in us spiritual values kingdom values the word of god amen are designed to help us to become more like christ i told us yeah uh, not too long ago almost about uh, i think about two years ago the lord said to me i am looking for the image of my son in you so when the bible says we are sons of god 
doesn't mean that we are sons of God. It means that they are looking for, amen, the son of God, Christ in us. Remember, it was Paul who said, you are my children, whom again I travail in bad pang until Christ be formed in you. And it's important that what we are dealing with, what we are talking about, amen, are, you know, found within this context. You know, a few days ago, I had an issue, you know, in my end year that, you know, God used to bring me to a, a better, if you will, and a clearer understanding of his dealings, of his work in my own life, in my own heart. And, and I thank God that, you know, what happened happened in a way that it allowed me to see what I would define, amen, as, as a strategy of the enemy in the place, amen, of battle. That if we don't understand the nature of the warfare that we are in, if we don't understand, amen, what it requires, the mindset we need to have. You know, sometimes we, we talk with, you know, if, in fact, not sometimes, excuse me, not sometimes. We often talk about these things, but you see, they really do not you know, uh, you know, impress upon our heart on, to the point that they become, you know, our second nature. And I think that is where the challenges are. Revelation can come, but what we do with that revelation will define and determine how we grow and how we mature in the things of God. Because indeed, you like it or not, we are all, amen, in a progressive, amen, uh, 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 journey towards that place of maturing in Christ Jesus and that is how they measure our life they don't measure our life based on the things that we've been able to do with our hand as much as that is important but um, our spiritual measurement our spiritual yastic our spiritual you know development and if you will success amen are measured through our conformity into the image into the likeness of Christ Alright, so though the outer man may be perishing, though the outer man, amen, may, may be feeling or looking defeated, yet the inner man, and I had to whip and cry before the Lord and say, God have mercy, help me, help me to understand and help me to really, amen, you know, drill through, you know, you, you think you're standing, you think you've gotten to certain height in the spirit, and at the spur of the moment, the enemy helps you to see how weak you still are in the flesh. And the battle is, no matter what we're doing, no matter what we have come to achieve or become, the battle is still between the flesh and the spirit. Alright? The Bible says, this too will always, amen, yes, war. There's an enmity between, you know, your flesh and your spirit. And your flesh represents everything your outward life represents, including the things you think you've achieved, including the things we believe that we've achieved. Whatever we've become or achieved that is not wrought through the life, through the power, amen, through the life of the spirit will become a tool in the enemy, all right? To bring us down to put us in a state where we'll be wandering so let's begin to unpack some of these things and, and I, I'm hoping that you know this morning God will help us as we deal with amen issues of our spiritual advancement and journey as we begin to understand the nature and the context of the world that we live in amen Bible say we are in this world amen 
and we are, we, are, we are not of this world. Jesus did not pray, Father, take them out of the world. No, he didn't pray, God, God hide them in some cave, in some mountain, God knows where. You know, he didn't pray, God, let, let them live a life like the monk somewhere. No, they be secluded from the world. No, he said, keep them, keep them in this world. So the, 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 the things that we need to begin to understand is how to live our life within the craziness, within the perversion, within the wickedness, within the corruption, within the, you know, within the compromise, within the seduction, within, you understand, the, 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 the deceptions of our day. And most times this deception, I mean, just look at how close the flesh is to the spirit. <clears throat> just look at the proximity, amen, of the soul. And this, in fact, they are almost, amen, on the same, you know, you know, you know, you know, a frequency, almost on the same, you know, length wave. To the to the to the point the Bible says only the word of God can actually separate what the flesh is from what amen the life of the spirit is. Watch my knee says there is there is there is almost like he put it this way he said almost everything that we have achieved that we have become in life as Christians can be duplicated by the world almost everything the only thing that are at the wall or the flesh cannot duplicate is the life of god that's the only thing but any other thing is it, is it the way we preach is it the way we prophesy is it the way we everything you can think about the flesh can build you know a magnificent if you will church if you want to call it a, a, a life you look at you like wow but it's all built by the flesh all built by the power of the soul all built by you understand the technology of the fallen man the only thing the flesh or the, the the humanistic spirit cannot duplicate is the life of god and it's that life that they are concerned about that is what you and i should be pursuing that is what we should be you know yearning and longing for because that is the only thing that is going to keep you and i at least that I I know you understand that I know. So so I, 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 while we're dealing with, remember we're on the point of uh, uh, establishing, amen, the present truth, and we are dealing with the context of how to occupy till Christ come. And I thank God, you know that, you know these things are unpacking because, uh, friends, I tell you, I really I I really want to drill deep into the life of God and I've been praying you know I've been praying been saying God I needed to expose in me I need to bring out anything and whatever it is in me that is not of you and you know God will God God will God will listen and you answer that kind of prayer <laughs> and it will take you to a place you don't want to go it will bring certain things that you thought you've dealt with that you thought well well I've overcome this thing they will touch those things yes you know one thing about god is if you don't if you if you are not willing if you are not prepared if you are not seeking if you are not pressing into you know all of the dark areas of your life if you are not willing to expose them they will leave it until the day of your crowning until the day of your coronation then you realize that wait a minute uh, I'm, I've, I've succeeded I've, I've broken through but here is this Ishmael here is this nature here is this attitude here is this belief system is here with me right here in the palace with me and this is what is happening to some of the big men of God that we are seeing today that are being thrashed that the enemy is making them a mismint of their life why because those things all right were not dealt with 
or they were dealt with and they, they, they left them halfway. They didn't, they didn't fully allow the light of God and the fire of God, amen, to burn through. So the choice is ours. If you are if you are in a hurry, amen, to do ministry, whatever you call that. If you're in a hurry to show yourself, if you're in a hurry to display, if you're in a hurry to manifest yourself, the enemy will be waiting for you. Did you hear what I said? The enemy will be waiting for you in the day of your coronation. In the day, you understand, yes, of, of you taking the throne. That's where he's going to show up. So you better allow the Lord, amen, to start dealing with those areas of your life, amen, those dimensions, those, you know, uh, you know, those secret areas. You know, we all have those secret areas. And like I said, if you're raised in a particular way, if you have been raised from a particular environment, listen to this. Listen to this. All sin, all sin, all sin has to do with the environment you've been nurtured and natured. All sin. The big ones and the ones you don't count big. But all sin is sin. You understand? All sin has to do with how we have been shaped. The environment that shaped us. In that environment, something, amen, yes, was, was you know, imparted, imputed into our life, into our nature. I would say, but I've given my heart to the Lord. Yes. But those things, amen, are still locking within your soul nature, within the soul nature. And I'm saying this because, first of all, we're dealing with, amen, remember, we're dealing with Philippians. We're dealing with Philippians 3. I've not forgotten where we are, all right? We're dealing with Philippians 3, and we looked at something. They said, they said, let this mind be in you. In fact, maybe I should go back to that Philippians 3, because it's a, con excuse me, Philippians 2. Philippians 2. We're dealing with Philippians 2, and uh, let, let me take it from verse 5, and I'm, com I'm coming back to what I'm saying, all right? Remember what we're dealing with on this platform are things that will bring us lasting deliverance things that will allow us amen to function and fulfill if you will complete our assignment on earth that's what we're dealing with that is our mandate okay i'm not about you know some uh, god knows you know some little thing here and there just to get something grab something so you can become something no we're dealing with issues that amen yes will allow us to live life the way christ lived it amen unhindered yes on 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 stopped even in the midst amen of resistance that he was able to finish all right we want to come into that order where jesus prayed in john 17 regarding his disciples say father I pray that you don't take them out of this world but that you keep them from the enemy we want to understand how we can continue amen to advance the work of the kingdom without being hindered without being stopped without being maligned without being amen tintelled without being amen frustrated by the plans of the enemy so one of the things that we're looking at amen is the technology called the mind of of Christ the mind of Christ is a technology because listen to this your mind will always direct where your body goes 
your mind will always direct amen where your appetite where your desire amen where your strength or your weakness amen goes your mind amen is the is the program that informs how your body amen yes functions so it is important that amen a spiritual man understand how to bring his or a mind amen under the control under the influence under the leadership amen of the spirit of god that is why they gave us a spirit so that we can surrender amen our entire life faculty amen to the authority of the spirit because it's the holy spirit that leads us but the holy spirit will not lead us until we surrender we invite him amen yes to to establish the rule and the rulership of christ within our life so the work of the holy spirit basically is to help us become more like jesus christ amen Are you getting what I'm saying? The work of the Holy Spirit, the main point, the main mission of the Holy Spirit, like we, you know, we, we read on the 31st. Remember, the Lord spoke to us. I think it was from uh, uh, John 16. When He, the Spirit of Truth, comes, He will lead you into all truth. It, all truth leads to us, Christ. <laughs> he will lead you into all truth. All truth points to Christ, leads to Christ. Anything outside the frame nature, the framework, amen, of Christ is not the truth. Even if that thing looks, you know, justified, it's not the truth. You understand, friends? It's not the truth. So I told the Lord, God, this action is not the truth. This is not my life. This is not my nature. And the Lord said, yes, I know. But I need you to see this. I need you to see this as an as an entrapment of the enemy. These are the ways the enemy is going to entrap many. Now, I said I want to show you a scripture. Yes, I'm going to show you. We're going to look at this. In fact, if you have your Bible, please do open to it. Let us mind Philippians 2, 5. Let's take it from verse 5. It says, it says, it says, let this mind be in you. Some translation will say, let this attitude. Attitude and mind are two different things. But a, man, a mind, excuse me, an attitude is formed by the mind. But you cannot say the mind is an attitude. No, it's not. The attitude, amen, is just a part. It's just a part. It's just one part. Amen. There are different things that the mind produces. All right. One of the things that the mind produces is an attitude. An attitude basically is the summation of your behavior. An attitude is the total, total, you know, you can identify somebody and say, oh, because of this attitude I see, I know that this is this person. So attitude basically is the submission, is the total submission, amen, of who you are. Because you're a complex person, but attitude kind of summarizes, yes, who you are. You know, when I see, oh, I know that person. Or when you describe somebody, you say, oh, I know that person. Yes, you understand? Yes. So they say, let this mind. But the mind is very complex. The mind speaks into so many aspects that even the best of the psychologists cannot understand. So when they speak to about the mind, they're speaking, amen, about a dimension, amen, that in fact defines who we are, what we are, you know, how we live life, amen. Yes, secretly or you know publicly, your mind, amen, is the is the you know is the is the volume of who you who you are, your existence. 
Alright. In fact, the mind, amen, yes, is the reflection of you know your biology. You, you understand? The, 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 the very you know biology and psychology of your existence is defined by your mind. Alright? And the mind lives within amen, the, the, the environment or if you will, the 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 the, the, the built up of the soul. The soul is not the mind, but the mind lives within the soul, just like amen. The attitude is the attitude is formed by the mind, but the mind lives within amen. The soul, man is a soul, right? Yes, man is a spirit. Of course, we know that man is a spirit because God breathed into man the breath of life, amen. Yes, but what animates that spirit? What gives that spirit motion, movement, you know, voice? You understand direction ability to think are all constructs of the soul which the mind amen yes programs the reason why jesus was able to do what he did successfully was not just because he was a spirit being amen is because his spirit has taken control has taken rulership amen over his soul which of course is regulated or you know administrated by his mind are you getting my point If we don't get this point, the enemy will defeat us. It may not defeat you today, may not defeat you tomorrow, it may not even defeat you, may not be able to defeat you in five years' time. But at some point of your life, at some point of your life, hallelujah, you'll be caught in a place where the Bible says, excuse me, not the scripture. I want to show you a scripture. I think I've got it. I, I didn't cue it. Let me quickly show you a scripture. You'll be caught at this point. The Bible says. While men were sleeping. Verse 25 of Matthew 13. But while everyone was sleeping. You'll be caught at a point in a place where you are found sleeping. And sleeping, amen, to sleep is a state or condition of the soul. To sleep is a condition, is a state where the soul has been forced into, has been lured into, has been programmed into. And when you sleep, amen, you know what happens when you sleep. You lose consciousness. And when you lose consciousness, that does not mean that you're not active, amen. When we lose consciousness, doesn't mean that we are not active. We're just, amen, deactivated in the place that we ought to, amen, yes, uh, uh, you know, maybe respond or make certain decision. Because when you sleep, you can't do certain things. But your mind is still functioning when you sleep. I hope you know that. I hope you know that when you sleep, amen, you, you know, not every part of your being is asleep. Not every part of your body is asleep. It's just a certain part that, amen, should define, amen, your ability to make decision, amen, are unconscious. Because you can't make decision when you're asleep. Are you getting the point? Are, are, you, are you following what, what, what we're talking about this morning? This is very important. I, I, I'm highlighting this to help you and I, amen, yes, know how to conquer because there is a battle amen that is before us remember we're dealing with how to occupy till jesus come 
But the Lord, amen, began to highlight this point. The Lord began to open my mind to this point, amen, that are you battle ready, Isaiah? You see how, how, how we, you know, interact with the things of God. There are no single message when God speaks to us. God always speaks to us in volumes. In other words, within a message, there is a message. Within that message, there is a message. Particularly when, all right, God is speaking through a prophetic, you know, uh, 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 expression. Within the message, there is a message. So, I know that there are certain individuals, maybe following or listening to us, that this message will be relevant to them. Those who are the ones, amen, who have been awakened or they brought them to this point. Not everyone will understand. Not everyone will grab what I'm talking about. Not everyone will appreciate what I'm talking about. And so, so it is. But for those who need this message, I need you to lend me your ears and listen. Because why, Bible says, while you think we stand, he, let he who think he stand take heed. Listen, we cannot occupy, amen, presumptuously. And unfortunately, the body of Christ, amen, we've lived, amen, in an atmosphere. We've lived our life. We've been acting, amen, presumptuously. And that's why the enemy defeats us. That's why the enemy gets us. That's why the enemy entraps us. Because, all right, we presume. There's too many presumptions. So, please, do listen and listen well. Listen with your inner ears. And, you know, you know, one thing about the prophet is God uses the prophet as guinea pigs. They are the they are the they are the lab, they're the laboratory of, of heaven. Prophets are the lab. The good, the bad, and the ugly, oftentimes, okay, will happen in their life, will go, you know, will pass through their life so that their life becomes an example, an example, amen. Yes, if you will. You know, uh, uh, God's handwriting to the world. It's important that we understand this. So, some things that are happening we may not fully understand, but if we give our ears and our attention to the leading of the Spirit, we have the Word of God that defines to us the framework of how God interacts and how God speaks and how God, amen, is dealing with us and what God is emphasizing in our life. You know, it's not just about you doing something for the Lord. No, no, no. Please, that is secondary. If you're always about what to, you know, want to do, I want to do something for God. I, this ministry, God, I, listen, then you really do not understand what God is about in your life because God is not just about what you can do for him. He wants your life first to align. He wants your life, amen, to align with, amen, the nature of his son. He wants you in everything in everything to reflect Jesus Christ in everything excluding nothing he wants you and I to be a reflection and like I always say that impacts everything from your state of mind your thought system amen your imagination your agenda motives amen yes your con concept of understanding of strength and weakness your how you understand success and how you exercise you know exercise amen that success within society how do you how you understand prosperity what you do with that prosperity you understand everything about your life relationship marriage children you understand yes spouse whatever it is god wants 
your life to be a mirror of his son. And to be able to do that, you need to understand that you live in a world that wants you to do the opposite. That wants you to manifest the opposite. That in fact, is pushing an agenda that you don't live your life for the glory of God. That in fact, he will seek to prosper you if that prosperity can derail you. Amen. Derail you from the path that will lead you to Christ. That some of the things that people are celebrating as success are in fact an entrapment from, from the enemy. So if you don't know amen, the, 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 the tactics of the enemy, you're already defeated. And it's, this, it's for this reason I'm saying that we need to look into the mind of Christ. Because yes, we do understand that God's plan for our life, amen, is to occupy till Jesus come. But yes, how to do that? The, the intricacies of occupying to me I think that is important and like I've been saying that before we go begin to occupy in our realms and places first of all Christ must occupy our life his ways, his mind, his will his desire, amen his heartbeat, his thought pattern his, his behavioral lifestyle must be well resident in our life you know Jesus Christ must become amen, the nature that drives the motivations of our existence. Now, I, I won't say he must be the second nature. No, he must be the first nature. He must be amen, the life we breathe. He must be, amen, yes, the, the first song that, 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 that wells up in our heart when we wake up in the morning. That as we go to bed and lay down earlier, we must be giving thanks to him regardless of how the day pans out. I know it's a difficult thing because many of us have not developed the desire to live within the environment of the nature of Christ. And the enemy will entrap you. If your heart is not beating after Christ. So here we're looking at something that speaks to the psyche of Christ. The psychology of Christ. Why? Because we want to occupy but for us to occupy, we're dealing with what, amen, the scripture referred to, Peter referred to as present truth. These are present truth that we need to be establishing. Alright? All truths are parallel, but there are truths that are brought to, amen, our domain at a particular period and seasons of our life that allow us, amen, to be calibrated that allow us, amen, to be, if you will, to be impressed by heaven's desire that allow us to reflect, amen, yes, the, if you will, the comings of the kingdom of God within, yes, you know, that season. The Lord comes to us in seasons. And at, at each season of his coming, there are truths that, amen, are, are brought to our doorstep that must become tools that we must use, amen, yes, to continue in the activity, in the journey, amen, in the requirement, amen, of his desire and mandate in the earth. We must become true administrators, amen, of, of the things of the kingdom. So, 
Here is the word heaven is given to us. I know you've read the scripture several times. I have also. But they're speaking to us on a different plane, on a different level. Why? Because the mind of Christ, yes, is a victorious mind. Is a conquering mind. Yes. Is a successful mind. Yes. Is a mind that is whole. Is a mind that is complete. Is a mind, amen. Yes. That images and reflect the desire of the Father. Hallelujah. You want to know how to please the Father. You want to know how to, amen, function and succeed. You want to know how to live a holy life, a righteous life, amen. You want to live, you want to know how to live a purified life. God has been speaking to me about the purified world. Some of you have already read the article I put there, you know, on my Facebook timeline. The pure, there's a purified generation, amen, that are emerging. And in that order of amen, uh, uh, purity, God is stripping us of everything and anything that is not of his ways, his will, and nature. Hallelujah. But you know, they don't force these things on us. It's a choice we have to make. You have to take your own cross and follow him. They don't force the cross on you. Did they all have said in the kingdom, they don't force things on us. That's, the, that's why the first thing they do when we come to Christ is that they open our eyes. Why do you think they give us sight? So we can see things, amen, for ourselves and make the, the, the decision. That's why God gave us a choice. He gave us a choice to choose. To choose. But before we were able to choose, they teach us so that we are able to know right from wrong. I have come to choose this path. Nobody's forcing it on me. Nobody's pulling, you know, pulling my head. No, no, no. And to as many times that I fail on this path, I get up and rewrite, hallelujah, the course. You hear what I said? To as many times that I fail on this path, I get up and I rewrite the course until I pass it. Because that is my heart desire. That is my heartbeat. I'm not seeking, you know, you know, uh, an easy way out, you know. Just, you know, just push me. No, 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 no. Because when you pass a subject based on your understanding, based on your understanding, not because, well, uh, 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 you just copy and paste, you know. Uh, when you pass a subject because you know it, you know it, that thing becomes part and parcel of your life, amen, that you can teach other people. So when you talk about righteousness, when you talk about justice, when you talk about holiness, equity, when you talk about, you know, prosperity, when you talk about healing, when you talk about faith, you're not speaking from your, your brain, amen. You're speaking from a, a place of life and experience. You're speaking from a place, amen, that even when things come to contradict it, you can take your stand. That is why prophets like Elijah and Jeremiah and all those great, you know, you know, uh, 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 heroes of faith those patriarchs they were able to stand and confront a nation i mean elijah confront an entire nation one man why because those things that he was standing for were experiential he heard god M many of them he may have encounter with god very few people today have encounter with God and that is why amen the enemy pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes and pushes us until we buckle in until we give in yes he comes and hit and hit and hit and hit until one day we react yes because we really do not when you have experienced God and that was what they did with the life of Moses you know Moses began ministry realizing that 
he had not really experienced God. He knew when it came to his mind, he knew that he was called to be a leader. He knew, yes, that his mission all right, was to deliver the people. He was passionate about it. But you see how he went about it. And they said, no, you have not encountered God. The fact that you've read the Bible, you know all of those things, does not mean that you've encountered God. No, they have to bring you back to the wilderness. They have to take you to a place where, amen, the dealings of God becomes, amen, your, your second nature, whereby, amen, your reactions to life and to things of life, amen, comes from that place of life. Then they can send you. Or else, even in the place of ministry, I, I hope you understand that Moses believed that he was doing ministry when he killed that guy, that Egyptian. Moses believed that he was, you know, doing what was right. He was defending his own. And he says, sorry, though you thought you've come of age, but your operational system, your belief system, your ideology about what ministry is, is not. He ran for 40 years. Heaven was dealing with him until he collided with, you know, with God on the backside of the wilderness. And he went with that experience to the palace. So what are we doing? We're dealing with an important subject here. Philippians, Philippians 2, verse 7. No, we've, okay, let's go back to verse 4. But who being in the form of God, who be in the form, in the form of God. Remember that he wasn't just in the form of God, he is God. But they're just using that word in the form of God to help us to understand who being in the form of God, amen, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he could have exerted his, 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 his God authority and power on earth. But that's not the intentions of God. The intentions of God was for Christ, amen, to come and reflect. Now, I heard this from, you know, uh, uh, hey, I just forgot his name now. So, this is not something that came directly from me, but I heard this from, you know, uh, this man of God. Bob, is it Bob? Bob uh, I've forgotten his name, but it's Bob something. He said, he said, God's intention was that humans govern the earth. Humans, humans, not humanoids. Alright? <laughs> humans. It was God's intention, alright, that that Christ come to the to the earth, amen. Live as human, walk in complete obedience and submission to his father to defeat the enemy. And to me, that was just like it's mind-blowing because we believe that we have to become something you know something extraordinary no God wants humans there's something about humanity about the human being that I think about our generation in fact not just our generation you know subsequent generation but this generation is losing and that is why people are you know tilting to us depending on artificial intelligence you know, the more you depend on artificial intelligence, the more you actually say to yourself that you are not intelligent. That thing is leading, amen, yes, the world to a place where man becomes, you know, you know, a subject, amen, of an artificial. That's why they call it artificial. It's not real. 
God's intention was not for amen. Yes, you know, an artificial system to rule the world. God's de God's desire for man was amen that ordinary people, humans, of course, who have surrendered to the pattern, to the ways, to the will of God, to the desires of God, govern the earth. Think about it. Think about it. Or else, why will Jesus take the form of a man? Why would they have allowed Jesus to take the form of a man? So what we see about Jesus, though he was God, he stripped himself of everything. Amen. Yes, that is God. He left it. He left his glory. He came as human, born as a seed, just as you and I were born as a seed. Amen. Grew up. Amen. Yes, just like you and I grew up in an environment. Yes. Face the same challenge. Face the same battle. Amen. Face rejection. I mean, Jesus grew in the midst of the occupation of the Roman, you know, uh, 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 empire on his land, homeland. All right, just like you saw what is going on right now. I mean, we're seeing what is going on right now between the Israel and the and the Gaza people. That's how Jesus grew up. He grew up in an environment where, all right, he didn't have a right to certain things. He grew up under the occupation, under the palm, the influence of the Roman Empire. That was how Jesus grew up. But in the midst of that, he was able to successfully amen, fulfill the desire and the intention of his heavenly father. Just look at the hostility, amen, yes, that shaped his birth. From his birth, he's been targeted. When he was born, an angel had to come and speak to Joseph. This child, his life is in danger. You better take him and the mother down to Egypt. You talk about an environment shaping your life. Remember what I said earlier on? Our sin, amen, yes, is, is formed and fashioned by the environment that we grew up. But all of that, amen, Jesus never allowed all of that to touch him, to tamper, amen, with his father's intention. I mean, how do you live in a world, in an environment that is cruel, that is, you know, you know, that is perverted, that is, you know, stinking of corruption. And yet, you, you keep your, your head, amen, yes, looking onto the cross looking onto the ways of God fulfilling God's desire I'm sure 90% even more of the people watching me right now you all grew up in an environment of you know contradiction in an environment where they told you particularly if you're from Africa an environment of poverty and limitation even if your father you know had struggled to you know to make money so they can send you to school at least you still have amen, that sense of, you know, my father working hard. It's it's not an easy thing, but yet that environment, all right, drops something within our spirit, drops something within our mindset that brings a form of limitation. Yes, in fact, most people who have made it in this part of the world in Africa, most time is because they've left the country, they leave their place of, you know, origin. 
the, the, their place of birth. Most time, when you see Africans who have made it big time, it's because they left that environment. Environment has a way of limiting and 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 you know and pegging how far you grow. And that we see in the book of you know uh, uh, um, Zechariah. He said, "These are the horns that stood against Judah and Jerusalem. That no one lift his head." There are principalities and power altars that have been built to, to make sure that you don't go beyond certain level. To make sure you don't rise beyond certain level. And it's important that that context, amen, we, we understand it. I'm just helping us to see the environment that Jesus grew up. So that we don't also say, well, no, no, you don't know where I grew up. No, no, look at where Jesus also grew and yet in all of that there was no bitterness there was no hatred there was no you know anger pride found in him he grew up in in an environment where the 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 the, the ruling power of the day the pharisee were brutal they wicked let me talk about jesus growing in an environment of you know high level religious governmental spirit Think about that. And that's why we have to strive, thrive and survive. That in the midst of the craziness of our day. In the midst of the, the, the wrong doctrine, the wrong teaching and the wrong emphasis that we are seeing in the church. In the midst of that, that if you don't do X, Y, Z, amen, you cannot, you know, succeed. If you don't join their club. If you don't, I mean, Jesus did not join their club. He didn't wear the regalia. He refused the fish cap. He refused the ring. He refused, amen, the scepter. He refused to join the club of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He refused. He knew. He, he knew his identity. He knew that he was in this world, but he was not of this world. He knew. Remember, he left his glory. They didn't know he was a king. They didn't know that he was God. They only knew him as a son of Mary. They only knew him as a son of Joseph. They didn't know that he was the God-man. And how many times his, his own disciple, you know, had almost like force him or push him. Or even his own family said, if you claim you, you know, you, you, you are the Messiah, go show yourself. <laughs> show yourself. Prove it. If truly you are the son of God, as you claim you are, jump down from this place. Turn the stone to bread. What, what was the enemy trying to do? Was trying to steer the soul of Jesus. He was trying to steer amen, his, his carnality, his carnal lifestyle. Okay, do something by your willpower. Forget the command of God. Forget the will of the Father. Forget the timing of God. If you're the son of God, command the stone, the stone to be, to, you know, to be bread. Particularly if you live in an environment where there is abject poverty. Come on, turn the stone to be bread so we can, to be bread so we can feed all the people. Wow, ministry. How many times have we done ministry in a perverted way? How many times have we taught the things of God using our own? carnal agenda or the agenda the enemy project into our mind come on 
You see, the end never justifies the means. It is not the number of people that sit under you. It is not the accolade and the platforms you have. It's not how many you know places you've been able to travel to. It is you living your life in the context of strict obedience to the voice of the Father. And all of this I'm saying within the what we are reading as the mind of Christ. In that mind, there are ministry in the mind of Christ. <laughs> in case you don't know. There's a ministry in the mind of Christ. And that ministry, people don't see it. But that ministry will be what is informing. Yes, your actions, your motivations, you know, your desire, your projections. You're not trying to use ministry to achieve something for yourself, to become something, to prove something. No, 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 no. You've been stripped of all of that. The ministry is as it leads you. As he guides you, as he instructs you, you follow, you obey. Are you getting my point? Lest you get to, amen. Listen, allegedly or not allegedly, you will get to the place where TDJs got to. It's built it all, it's seen it all. And we've seen, amen. The dying days of a ministry that was not formed or fashioned in Christ Jesus. And this is the reason why I ask the question. People say, no, no, no. Why, why is people talking against T.D. Jakes? Nobody is talking against T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes is a big leader in the body of Christ. He's a voice in the body of Christ. His life is a public life. That's one. Secondly, God has prophets in the church. Oftentimes, when prophets speaks, we slap them on the face. We throw stone at them. We reject them. We refuse them. And we try to refute. Check what they did to even our Lord. What they did to Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah was put in prison for speaking the truth. Someone said, no, no, no. Stop. I said, all of you saying that the, the public do not need to know what's going on with TDJs or people. It's because you also have such sin in your life. It's because you also have such sin. Now, the same people who say, don't talk about TDJ, the same people are going to speak against politicians. It's the same people are ready to stone politicians. They know they stole our money. They didn't fix the road. They didn't do this. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Now you oh, you're ready to speak. Oh, TDJ is our own. We must hide him. Who told you that? Where did you get that? Which scripture did you get that from? When God was warning the prophets, excuse me, when God was using the prophets to go and warn the leaders. They warned them in secret. They also warned them openly. God said to Jeremiah, go stand at the gates. As the people are coming into the church, speak and speak to them. I was hoping and really praying that I will have some prophets that will, people who claim they're no prophet because I know some of them, because I've seen in some of their status. 
Stop talking about T.D. Jakes. You tell me what the work of a prophet is. What is a ministry of a prophet? What's, an, what's the office of a prophet? See, there's a certain level you get to. That's why you, you, you don't want to be quick to, sh to get your head up, up there. Because the moment you get your, you seek platform, that platform is going to kill you. So that's why I say I'm not, I'm not looking for platform. I know that I'm not perfect yet. And it, nobody is perfect, of course. <laughs> it's Christ that perfects us. But when, you see, I don't have an agenda of let me do something so people can see. No, 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 no. In fact, I want to do things that people are not seeing. I just want people to see the manifestation. It's a dangerous thing for you to project yourself when you know that you don't have the nature of Christ to maintain that projection. It can destroy you. You build things for 20, 30, 40 years only for allegations to bring you down. You don't want to hear the truth. It's because you hate Christ. That's why you don't want to hear the truth because I'm not seeing anything that is outside the word of God. We want to interpret the word of God based on our own preference. God said to Ezekiel, <clears throat> let me tell you what these people are doing. They've come again. They want to hear you. God said, but they will not do. I know many of you coming to listen to me. It's not like you want to practice the truth. It's not like you really love Jesus. Some men of God following us is because they are looking for words. They're like birds. They can't pick words so they can go preach in their church. God knows you and he will judge you in your own day of judgment. But if you want the truth and you want the truth to set you free, you take this truth because the truth is like a sword. You pierce yourself with it so you can what? So you can live again. I have no regard for the guardedness of men. No. We speak as the Lord gives us utterance. We must speak from a position of indignation. We must speak from the place of hating that which God hates and embracing all that with God. Listen, listen, listen. The collapse, if the collapse of one church will redeem nations from error, so be it. We live in a world where you know, the idea of positivity, the false doctrine, the false teaching of positivity, that positivity is a teaching of the soul. It has pervaded the world. Now it's creeping into the church. In fact, people are afraid. The moment you begin to say something that contradicts, you know, that steers, <laughs> you know, their tranquility is like you're in trouble. Oh, come on. Come and ask me my life. We need to wake up. We need to really wake up and understand the days that we live in. So-called men of God creeping on you, creeping on you. But they don't want to hear the truth. Do you really want the truth? Do you really want to hear thus hear the Lord? May God judge all of us. You fall on the sword. Every day I fall on the sword. God, I want to die to this way. Die to my own way. 
You're never going to allow the enemy to use your frailty, to use your weakness. All right. And, and reinforce that weakness to the point that you start speaking against things that are not aligned with the will of God. Just because you want to defend your own sin. Come on. That's iniquity. That is iniquity. We love all those that God loves. We live in a day of judgment. We keep saying it's the end of days. It's the end of days. What do you mean by that? What do you mean that it's the end of days? What do you mean, amen, that yes, Jesus is coming? Do you know what that means? Now when it's time for the Lord, amen, to begin to come, that his kingdom, his, his day of coming is nearer, it means that secret things will be exposed. You would think you stand, they will expose your strength. I told you something happened to me not too long ago. The Lord said, I did this to expose something on the inside of you. You see it. Why are you thinking you're standing? Why are you thinking you're walking with God? Why are you thinking? You know, you, 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 you're a person of the spirit and you're praying. But there is a flesh. There's an idea. There's something locking on the inside of you that is not dead. They will create an, you know, an occasion to expose it to you. So you can see, you can't deny it. So what do you do? You fall on the sword. You fall on the rock. You cry to the Lord and say, God, have mercy on me. Help me. Grant me grace. When you feel all right, your right is being, is being stripped and everything you've, you've built and you have is taken from you and you want to react and say, you see, Jesus, hallelujah. Bible says, though he was God, he did not count it a robbery. To, you know, to, to express the glory of God, but he left it. He took the form of a man. We're looking at the mind of Christ. You see, the mind of Christ is what shapes our life. I'm not talking about the spirit. I know you know the spirit. But the spirit is weak because the spirit needs the mind to express itself. It's easy to preach and it's easy to teach. But to live what you preach and teach is a different ball game, particularly if the mind is not reformed. And that reformation of the mind, amen, are in depths, are in heights. They are in seasons. There will be seasons. When you get to certain season, you will have thought, wow, yes, yes, victory. And then the next season unfold, then they begin to drill deeper. They drill deeper. Uh oh <laughs> you're still there uh-huh no stone will be left unturned just like they said about that you know temple that you know Herod built they said no stone will be left unturned every stone built all right excuse me yeah every stone built within the temple of Herod will be unturned you know what that means everything is gonna collapse because God is building his temple in us. God is building his habitation in us. And in that place of his habitation, everything that is of the flesh, everything that is you, everything that is of your strength will collapse. Even the things that you call great achievement, if they are not achieved through, like I said earlier, through the strength of the Lord, through the wisdom of God, through the grace of God, will be brought down because nothing of man will stand before the Lord. 
Nothing of man will stand before the Lord. Nothing of the flesh. But mind you, God wants humans to rule the earth. So what kind of, you know, humans are going to rule the earth. Humans that are made, formed, shaped, grown, developed, mature in the image of Christ. Jesus did all that he did on earth, all right? Yes, as, as a human who listened to the voice of his father. He never did anything through his own willful strength on earth. No, he said, all that I do are the things that I saw my father do. Is that thing, he said, as my father walked, I walk. So the idea that God is not walking, amen, is a fallacy. God is walking, but you don't see the walk. But that walk, amen, is done in a dimension that you have to peep into. Oh, you see his walk, then you carry it out in the natural. God is walking so you can reflect or manifest or duplicate, amen, that walk on earth. That's the walk of the Father. You have to see that walk in the spirit. It's not a walk carried out by human strength. That walk is done in a place of rest. There's a walk in the rest. <laughs> The other said, there is a walk we walk in the rest. In the priesthood of our rest, there is a walk. Remember, the priest must walk, but the priest must not sweat. The priest must walk, but the priest must not do anything. There is own wisdom. To, you know, to do things, there your own wisdom and ability or, you know, uh, ingenuity is the walk of the flesh. That's what the Lord, amen, is frowning at. He's not saying we must not walk. No. He who does not walk must not eat. But you walk within the context, amen, yes, of the will of the Father, of the desires of the Lord, amen, of the mindset. That's why we have to know his mind. When we know his mind, we carry out his works. When we know the mind of Christ, we, because the mind of Christ is the mind of the Father. Remember, that's what he said. It's only the things that I see. Not, in other words, his eyesight, his eye gate, his ear gate. Amen. Yes. I focus on the ministry of the Father. So he sees, he hears, all right? He comes through his mind because they give you intelligence. Intelligence is of the mind. They give you intelligence to do what? To exhibit, to reflect that thing out. So the way you're acting out, amen, in the human realm is a, is a picture, is a reflection of the work of Christ, which of course is the work of the Father. And the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the enablement to carry out those works. Can you see what I'm saying? This is how we occupy. Lest we think we're doing something we call kingdom. <laughs> we want to occupy. But we're exerting our own, you know, fleshy human wisdom. We're, we're, we're exerting, you understand, uh, in our strength that we've received by eating from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There's an energy you get by feeding, amen, from, yes, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge. Oh, come on. You didn't hear me. There is an energy. Let me repeat again. There's an energy you get by feeding, by eating from the fruits, hallelujah, of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and you will be building things you'll be you'll be creating and you know and and establishing things heaven calls it babylon heaven calls it amen the building of the halot system babylon was building hello babylon built 
What was the resource Babylon was using? The fruit of the tree. Of the knowledge of good and evil. God had to come down. You see, because that fruit, yes. That fruit is very tasty. <laughs> and there's energy from that fruit. <laughs> there's unity. False unity from that fruit. Ecumenism. Let us come together. There's power of networking. <laughs> you look at that marriage thing. Hey, this thing is working. Uh-uh. There's, the marriage is being sustained from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Businesses being run from the, from the creativity, from the false life, from the false strength. Coming from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Ministries. Powerful ministries. You look at them, your jaw will drop. If you are not a spiritual person, when you see things men are building today, <laughs> you'll be asking yourself, God? And those are, you see, because people are kind of fleshy when they look at those things. That's how they drew the attention of Jesus. They say, look at the structure. Even the disciple of the Lord was also, all, almost caught in that deception. They drew the his own disciple drew Christ's attention. See this temple. Imagine if Jesus' sight was not calibrated. Because remember, he lived his life on earth as pure human. He was the God-man. So, he didn't look at that thing from, you know, from the perspective of his glory, of his position as, as the glorified one, as the king of kings. No, no, no. He looked at it, amen, from the position of the son of Joseph, son of Mary, but who was tracking, amen, the voice of his heavenly father. It was from that point he looked at it. Which, he had to do that so that you and I also can do that. Yes, he is the pattern. He is the pattern son. He is the pattern human being. So everything he did, he did it because, amen. Heaven whispered to him that this one is coming down. You would have thought, ha, ah, now Jesus, how can you say such a thing? This thing took 36 years to construct. 36 good years to construct. So you can begin to imagine the size, the magnitude of this thing. It's did I say 36 years? Excuse me. 46 years. 46 years. Excuse me. It took four, They said this temple was built 46 years. It took error to build it. That's almost five decades. <laughs> And Jesus looked at that thing and said, not one stone will be left unturned. If you were, <clears throat> if you are living in the days of Jesus, you would have stoned him. You would have called him a false prophet. To the degree of your spiritual sight being calibrated is to the degree you'll be able to accurately judge things that men have built, almost giving life to those things.
there's a church now being built in Nigeria by uh, uh, Bishop Oyedepo, the Kenan man, Winners Chapel. I don't think there's any church in terms of size on earth today that can stand that structure. I mean, the first one they built, the one they're using now is, I mean, even even his friend, you know, Kenneth Copeland, when he went there, he was asking the question, how did you guys do this? How, 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 you know? How did you do this? Now, the one they're building now, <laughs> I don't even have a word for it. You can go check it out on, on YouTube. Your heart. You see, this hand can rot things, can build things. But one thing that would define and determine the approval of what you build is your heart condition. Is your agenda. You can say everything that, oh, we're building something for posterity. We're building something with legacy. <laughs> Who defines that? Is it you? Or is it him? I get him my point. I will continue to prick your heart so you can continue to use your heart to dismantle the things that you have built that you know was not built in accordance to the blueprint of Yahweh. Because the Bible says everything we have built will be tested by fire. Oh God, help me. If my works today are everything that I'm doing, if they throw it in the fire and some things just stood rather than burning they just stood there glowing and some things the moment they threw in the fire boom, they become a foil <laughs> they say you see but you see that's what God is doing with our life why they're preparing us for the mother of all battles because everything in your life is a weapon system in the fight of the last day so if there are things in your life that you have built that you've acquired that amen are combustible they can't stand the heat they can't stand the test of time so they will catch fire but the ones if they throw this cup in the fire rather than they burn amen the things start glowing start as ah yeah they say put it vessel unto what unto honor put it aside for me <laughs> if they take my ipad you understand because this is our ministry thing they threw it in the fire and the thing go puka i say ah sorry rejected but if they throw it in the fire and the thing start glowing ah they say vessel unto honor <laughs> the same thing they will throw every attitude every character you see i'm just giving you an example there are things we've acquired there are things belief system you know value system we've acquired that we think this is the way you know we do ministry if those things are, are thrown in the fire and they are consumed sorry bad investment I'm dealing with the mind of Christ friends don't forget I'm dealing with the mind of Christ. And we the last time we looked at that word, okay? 
what that mind is and means in case you have forgotten hmm? I'm gonna quickly look at it again that word mind comes from the comes from the Greek word amen phronio 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 is spelled p-h-r-o-n-e-o phronio it's not pronio it's phronio and it means to exist within certain state of belief to have certain kind of sentiment or opinion remember we all have opinion to have a man a way of reasoning and thinking and behaving and acting is a mentality you say when we talk about the paradigm the mind of Christ is a paradigm a paradigm or a is a way of thinking seeing acting behaving and responding people who live in in america they've got a kind of paradigm to people who live in amen in the uk if you live in america amen there's a way there's a way you act there's a way you behave there's a way you think it's totally different amen from the way people who live in the united kingdom behave there's a way people will live in south africa amen if you're south africa born here yes your, your your lifestyle, your behavior, your existence, amen, yes, is shaped by certain paradigm and that paradigm are informed by the environment. The environment, amen, impacts your influence to the way, amen, to the point that you start acting, behaving to the degree that that paradigm also touches your taste board. It's a powerful place. That paradigm, amen, it, it defines how you move in, in certain direction, preferences. It speaks to your sense of obedience, amen, acceptance and rejections, affections. It speaks of what you love and what you hate. I have a paradigm, a paradigm that I've acquired from, you know, my nationality as a Nigerian which to certain degree the lord has really helped me amen to fight you see this thing oh god help you god help me you see your environment shapes certain belief that's why i said all sin amen are formulated by the environment that shapes our life all sin amen yes you know are influence sin oftentimes are a reflection a projection of the environment we grew up there are certain sin, all right. There are poverty induced. There are certain sin that are identity induced. There are certain sin that are entitlement induced. <laughs> I just, this this is just coming to my mind. It's amazing, you know. Certain sin in our life, amen. They are the reflection of entitlement. Because I deserve it, I'm going to get it. So certain people still, they still not because they are poor. They still because all right, they feel entitled. Those are the spoiled children. All right? But there are certain sin is poverty. You don't have, you, you've, not, you've never had it. You've never, so when you come to an environment that you look, nobody's watching you. 
You just quickly put it, put it, put it in your pocket. Do you understand? It's poverty. What did he steal? It, it, a chocolate. He stole a chocolate. <laughs> a chocolate bar. As it is from the not, from the you know your you know very small level, so it is. Even have you seen politicians who steal billions, millions and billions? Listen, it's not like they can finish spending that money. Why would you spend a money that your great 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 grandchildren cannot you know finish spending? Why? Don't you think that's poverty? So you have to understand the context that's why i say environment you know when you look at those okay let me not even go into all of that but i'm sure you get all you get what i'm trying to say <laughs> you understand yes when you when you when you live in an environment where your identity has been shattered 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 your your future scene will be speaking to amen, that area of you know damaged identity yes 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 you look at it you you study it where you are falling the most look at it and try to connect it to where you're coming from you will see what i'm talking about you will say oh why you, you are right actually you're right yes yes because sin is a projection of what we were we were uh, 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 refuse growing up and that's why god gave parents you know, one of the reasons why god gave us parents is to shape, to nurture, to nurture, alright, our upbringing. Parenting is, is, is a ministry. Particularly, ladies, ladies, you're listening to me. Parenting is a mean full-time ministry. Because what you don't shape in the life of your children as they're growing up, it's an opportunity for the enemy to destroy their life and destiny. Alright, when they grow up. If your children lack, you know, self-identity growing up, that is a powerful, you know, weapon the enemy is gonna use in the future to make them alright compromise, sign something they're not supposed to sign. You understand? Join and affiliate themselves with certain group they're not supposed to affiliate because they're seeking for what? Affirmation. They're seeking for you know, uh, uh, um, belonging. They want to belong. You, you understand this? So we're dealing with the issue of pronio or fronio. Fronio is called the mind, but it's not just about the mind. It's the way the mind behaves, operates. They say, let this mind, and I said some translations say, let this attitude. Some translation actually refer to that word mind as an attitude, but like I said, it's not the same. But amen, the mind informs an attitude. You see, why why are some of you listening and following me? Because you see something about what I'm teaching that is reflected in an attitude that speaks to you, that you know, that that you love. Or, or that you feel no I want to be part of I mean there are many men of God preaching maybe the same thing that I'm preaching preaching the truth but why why are you not you know attracted to them why are you not following them 
Why, why are certain people attracted to my kind of anointing? Because my anointing has been designed. You see, anointing is a makeup of several things. So when you think of the oil, you've got to, in, 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 I think it's in Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew 12, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it's in Matthew 12 or Matthew 13. They talk about Mary who brought, you understand? You know, who, who, who anointed Jesus' feet, amen, with a pure oil. And they say that oil is so expensive that that oil, all right, they sell it, okay, can actually pay the wage, the full, the full, the, the full wage, uh, a wage for the whole year, all right, for, you know, for people. Can you imagine? That is how expensive that oil is. They say if you sell that oil, all right, you can pay a, a whole year wages, a whole year wages from that oil that Mary that is how expensive the, that oil is and it's an anointing oil and they anointed the feet of Jesus you know that alright but the point is the, the price of that oil alright is the, is the value of character behavior understand standard truths that's what makes the anointing and that's why they said to the prophet, you know, to you know, uh, to the priests, when God gave, you know, the, you know, the, the the ingredients of the making of the anointing oil under the the mosaic, you know, law under the Levitical law, they said, okay, you don't duplicate the oil. That as this thing is made, the ingredients must be kept away somewhere. It must never be duplicated. Because they don't intend the oil. Amen. Listen to this. Every minister, every servant of God, called of God, and of course every one of us, but particularly those who are called into the ascended fivefold ministry, you cannot duplicate the oil because the oil, alright, reflects certain character and value system that is tailor-made for them. Tailor-made for them. So, you can't pass the oil. They say, okay. <laughs> give me your oil. Remember, when the bridegroom came, they say, give, give, they say, no, go get your own. Oh, come on, this is good message. They say, go get your own. I can't give I can't give you my oil to lunch your to, to light your lantern. No, go get your own, they said. Because the oil, amen. Is designed the oil upon the head of Solomon was designed for him, amen, to lead the people of God. The oil is like a crown, it must fit into your own head. You can't duplicate it. So, in all of the things we're talking about, the oil speaks into the mind of Christ, and that mind allow us to understand how to function and occupy in the place of our assignment but that oil as the Lord opened our eyes to see today speaks into how to understand the nature of our own battle and how to conquer you cannot occupy until you understand the nature of the field 
Hello? The scripture says you are God's building. You are God's field. We need to understand the nature of the building, the nature of the field. The field oftentimes is not just a, a place for harvest. The field also is a place for battle. It's a battleground. <clears throat> is somebody listening? I'm going to round up now. But I need to really emphasize on this that within the mind of Christ, there is a ministry we have to enter. There's a lifestyle, there's a behavioral pattern, there's an attitude we have to embrace within the mind of Christ that allow, yes, the spirit of Christ to function effectively in us and through us. The dear have said, when we wear the mind of Christ, like they'll say, put on the Lord Jesus. To put on the Lord Jesus is to wear the mind of Christ, is to have the attitude the paradigm of Jesus that allow us, amen, to then enter into that realm where we're able to function within the spirit. The spirit of Christ is an ascended spirit. It's not of the earth because Christ now is seated at the right hand of the Father. So the things that the Lord is doing in our life is doing those things from an ascended realm. And if there's anything is calling us into is to come into the dimension of ascension, come up higher, amen, come sit. There is a company of people right now, all right, that I'm interacting with in the spirit who are journeying to that ascended place where we can confluence. Yes. Yes. If you're not journeying towards that place in Christ, we will not agree. We cannot agree because we have nothing to agree on. We have nothing to do together as ministry. Hear ye. But to as many that are confluencing to that dimension, to that place called the heel of the Lord. And the more you climb the heel of the Lord, the more they strip you of your own strength. The more they strip you of your own identity. The more they strip you of your guardedness. The more they strip you, amen, of the false image you have, been, you have, you have acquired. We don't do ministry for doing ministry's sake. No. Ministry is a shared life. is a shared identity. I can't imagine myself, you know, going to preach in a place or going on a pulpit where has been polluted, corrupt, all right, by false order, by a pharisaical spirit. What am I going to be saying there than to create commotion and create problem for you? Because you have a way you want to do your own thing. But I have a way God, amen, has been dealing with me and has been speaking to me and I've been dying. And when they see that I've not dead, I've, I'm not, I've not died there, they bring more pressure for me. And then for me to come and connect with somebody that is doing ministry from the soulish order, just because you have it all going, just because you have a nice stage, <laughs> I will be a fool. That's why some of you stay far away from me because you know if you come close, you'll be burnt. We're an aroma of life to them that are living and a stench of death to them that are dying. You understand that order? There are things that vex my spirit. 
and we don't condone it. Not even to my own self. Things that I do that affects, that impacts my own spirit negatively, I judge myself. I fall on the sword. Are you getting friends? There's a new kind of battle that we must enter in this season that require a higher degree of discernment. And I shared a bit on this, on my timeline, I think two days ago. I just put it there. And what will make us victorious in this battle is going to be the idea, the concept of the purification of our life. The purification of our life. The surrendering of our life. Next time when I come, I'm going to talk about Matthew 13 because of course we couldn't finish this. But I hope you get this point. Your mind must be renewed and the renewal of mind must reflect the mind of Christ. So when we talk about renewing of the mind, that mind that is renewed must be projecting and imaging Christ. Matthew 13 was one of the is one of the most powerful scriptures in the entire Bible because Jesus gave us blueprint for how the kingdom of God operates. And how the enemy can entrap us while we think we're doing kingdom. So this is one of those scriptures where Jesus was speaking. The Bible says in verse 24, Jesus put before them another parable. Remember that parable, alright, is a way of telling a story in a form that will bring a deeper meaning, a better understanding by using example and things that you can relate to, yes, to communicate. That's parable. Alright? I discovered that people of this age, the millennia, they don't understand parable. No wonder their life is loose and no wonder the enemy, alright, can easily, you know, just bring them down because they don't understand parable. To understand parable, you have to sit down and think. You have to have a sense of, you know, quietness. You must be able to meditate. And was it last year towards the end of last year God said to us he said I will be coming to you and I will be speaking to you from a position of parable so some activities some things that will be happening to your, to you and to your environment are in fact a parable now you must be wise you got to wise up and be able to ask the Lord what is this don't see things and just jump you've got to be able to because if you're going to mature you need people that can speak to you in a, in a, in a, in a language of parable because it, it stimulates your mind all right, to think, to wake up, to reason. Come, let's reason together, they said. So, this is a parable. It's not exactly the way it is, but it's a like. It's a picture. It's a mirror. It's a typology. Parables happen to us both positively and negatively. The Deola just said, parables can happen to us in a positive form. They can use negative things to speak to you as a parable. Things can happen to you. Bad things can happen to you 
that are in fact a parable. There's a lesson they want you to learn there. So if you are fixative on what happened to you, you will never get amen, the lesson. Meaning that you're going to repeat the class again. Some people's life are parables. Some ministries are parables. The life of Jesus was a parable completely. <laughs> Even though he was speaking parable, his own life himself was a parable. I mean, there were things he said that the people did not get. Not even his disciples got until his resurrection, until he died. And they said, oh, now we see now. Now we understand. Okay. So you get what I'm talking about? In parable, you have to open your mind. You have to ask God to help you with wisdom, understanding. I'm a parable to this nation. I'm a parable to my generation. I'm a parable to the prophetic, you know, so, uh, 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 fraternity. I'm a parable to the nation of South Africa. You know, you would have come and gone and you would have done what God will have you and yet people will not understand until maybe 20 years then like, Oh, that man, that man said, oh yeah. The parable. Jesus put before them another parable. So he's been speaking to them in parables. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is like, and you see, I told you, it's not, it's not exactly, but it's a typology. It's a like. This is what we call amen, the law of like. They use something, alright, to describe another thing. It's not it, but they use something to describe. My, where I come from, people like to use parable. The Yoruba culture, they're very good with parable. And parable allow you to grow, you mature quick because it forces you to think. People that are weak in their mindset can't think, can't reason. The only thing they can do is to is to watch movie and watch play games. Can't think. You've you've got to raise children that can think. You got to teach your children how to think, how to reason, so that they can easily get things. When you blink your eyes, they should be able to know what you mean. When you raise your hand, they should know what that means. You live, you, you want to raise your kids like you're raising, you know, Western children. They can't get anything, and you think you're, you know, they're okay just because they can speak speak good English. You make the biggest mistake of your life because the devil that is going to fight them does not care about their their lingua franca does not care if they can speak all the all the language of the world they can speak you know english speak french speak german speak god knows what portuguese listen he would destroy and destroy them so you better begin to teach them the language of parable the language of the spirit Jesus put before them another parable. The kingdom of God is like a man, not a boy, not a teenager. It's a grown man. It's a mature man. Like a man who sowed good seed in his field. It's a man. Nobody goes. Um, um, a grown mature man will never go to his field. You know what it takes to have a field, to clear the field? To prepare the ground only to go sow a terrible seed. No, no, no. It's like a man, a grown man who sowed a good seed in his field. He owns it. He bought it. 
Talk about occupying till Jesus come. But while everyone was sleeping, including the man, his enemy, his enemy, his own enemy, not just the enemy, his own enemy, you're good man, but you have an enemy. You understand? Did you hear me? Man of God, woman of God, listening to me, you've got an enemy. And it's important you know that. It's important you understand that. I mean, I grew up naive. Not, not believing that I've actually that I actually have an enemy. And I'm not just talking about devil, that there are people, literally, there are people who want to harm me. I, I mean, I never believed that. I mean, <laughs> I was very naive. Until certain incidents and things began to happen. And there were confessions. I'm like, God. Oh yeah. His own enemy came and sowed weed. <laughs> I mean, you would have expected his enemy to come and slaughter him while he's sleeping, right? Oh, come on, friends. I'm going to run up with this. I mean, if I have an enemy, alright? And I know, I mean, the right thing, you would have just gone to kill that enemy. No! This enemy is strategic. This enemy, alright, oppress truth. Amen. A wisdom that is from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Amen. Yes. There's a fruit. There's a wisdom that, that is from this earth. The Bible says his enemy came and sold, took the pain, took the time, and so weed ganja. <laughs> that just came to my brain. Don't mind me. <laughs> You, you you smoke that thing, you're in a different world. <laughs> you smoke him away. It's a weed among the wheat. And slipped away. Kai. This is where you say, Kai. I'm going to leave it like this. I'm going to leave it hanging like this. Alright, because of time. I'm just going to leave it hanging like this. The next time we'll come. We'll pick it up from there. But that's a good way to end. You know, don't you think that's a good way to end the message? And, and I mean, they, while everyone is sleeping, because why are they sleeping? Because they, they felt, ah, uh, we've done a good good job. Uh, let's rest. Uh, 